Episode 326 of the Biz Talk with Bill Boy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm editor Kirk Seminoff. It's called Leading the Data Journey, and it's a collaboration between three Wichita entities, Cornerstone Data, Sevenfold, and Newman University. Cornerstone President Joy Akins joins me this week to talk about what Leading the Data Journey entails and how it can help Wichita businesses get the most of their numbers. Joy joins me in a minute. But first, here's a look at what's in this week's edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Our cover story this week is a look at Wichita's population report card. The area is expected to see only minimal growth in workforce numbers over the next half century. And managing editor Shelby Kellerman looks at what that means for companies that will be in need of qualified workers. The cover story begins on page 14. We have two lists in this week's paper, automobile dealerships and advertising agencies. See what dealerships had the highest volume in the last year and see what advertising agencies have enjoyed the most growth. The lists begin on page six. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly leads section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 36. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Joy Akins is founder and president of Wichita's Cornerstone Data, and she joins me this week. And Joy is also board chair of the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce for 2023. So I hope not to let you get away without asking about your leadership role this year. Thanks for joining me, Joy. Happy to be here, Kirk. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, so Cornerstone Data is beginning a partnership with Sevenfold and, and Newman University called Leading the Data Journey. Let's let's start with exactly what that is and, and how did this collaboration get started? So Leading the Data Journey is an opportunity for senior leaders in a business who are leading the work of data, building a data culture inside their organization. And they may not be technical people. They may not have all the technical um, knowledge, but they're tasked with leading this project. And so it's an, a chance to get this peer group together to meet once a month over six months and work on the challenges of building these data teams, of deploying a data culture inside your organization, and to amplify your leadership opportunities there. And um, how it got started was we've been working with Newman for over a year and a half building a group of data professionals that get together every every month or so. Sometimes we have topics where people talk about technical details or mixers, or we have panels with the students at Newman to talk about what a data career is. And we've had some of our CFOs and CIOs and uh, executive presidents come in and talk about how they're building these cultures inside the organization. And one of them came to me and said, you know, this is great. This data professionals group is great for all of my people to be at. But my challenge to you is where's my group? Where are the people I can talk to about how you do this work effectively? And that just was a great challenge for us. So we sat back and we started thinking about how do we help 
these leaders do this work. I coach a lot of executives one-on-one, but this was a chance to think about how we would do that in a group setting. And I just finished a roundtable with Brandon Gavies over at Sevenfold. And he has this incredible, uh, incredible opportunity He has an incredible talent for bringing executives to the room and helping them lower their barriers and be transparent and share appropriately in the conversation about what they're doing and building strategy for their companies. So it seemed like Brandon might be a great person to put into this mix to help us build this kind of a cohort. So I met with him and we pulled in David Cochran from over at Newman. We all started talking and doing some research and thinking about it. This is our idea. We're going to, we're going to go for it. So we've launched all of our marketing and we're working on filling that group. We've already filled it halfway for the first cohort. So we're looking for a few more executives who want to be able to do this work. Do they have to come from a certain sector of business uh, or is it just totally wide open? Can you work with anyone of any kind of business? It's it's pretty wide open. We do look for the senior leaders of the organization as opposed to the people doing the technical work because we have some things for them to do and we have training for them. But these senior leaders, it's like if you if accounting was new, in your organization, like you'd never been accounting before and finance was new and you know you're supposed to be doing something with it because you know it should help you understand what's going on inside your business, but you never took classes about it. You never had exposure to it. You never had your own checkbook and all of a sudden you needed to do that work and lots of business leaders in this community are in that, they're in that space where they know they're supposed to use data They might even tell people they are using data, but they don't really understand all the ways that they could use it and all the ways they could leverage it. Or maybe they've started that road. There's a lot of vendors that will say, if you buy this package of dashboards, it will solve all your data needs. And that is just flat out untrue. So uh, this is a place for people to come and be able to be a little vulnerable that, yeah, I don't know everything I need to know, but I'm going to learn it and I'm going to take it back in my office and then I can be a more effective leader in the process. Do these senior leaders that you're looking to work with generally have an idea of what you're telling them or working with them on or do some of them just frankly come from a different era and maybe just aren't as tuned in? It's it's all over the spectrum really. We we meet with people all the time in every different kind of spectrum, or maybe they're just starting to do reporting. Maybe they, maybe they, there's some, you know, we've talked with CEOs in the past who they're still using paper for a lot of stuff, or they just have a spreadsheet. And uh, what we try and do is help them think about how to move to the next step with their spreadsheet. So you get a spreadsheet, you know, there's so much data now, you might get a spreadsheet with 100,000 records or 10,000 records. How does somebody go through that and know how to make an effective decision quickly. And so then there maybe they pitch this vision of let's grow this thing in our company, but they don't have the technical expertise to necessarily walk through all of that, but they have the leadership skill to know it's something they need to do. And so we're not going to train them on all the technical things. We're going to give them enough technical language that they can understand the vocabulary and what those things are and what's good, you know, how they know when something's right and when it's not right. And then we're also going to talk about the adaptive side of data culture, which is it's 
you're changing something in your culture, you're asking people to do something different. And there's a lot of work that goes into that, that is often forgotten by companies. And that's an area that we at Cornerstone and Newman and Sevenfold have all been working on in their, inside their organizations for a long time. So we think that's the thing that makes this a little more special. It's not just a technical class. It's got this whole discussion about how do you lead? How do you lead data adoption? How do you lead data lead uh, informed decision-making? How do you get people to do that work if, mm-hmm. if you haven't done it before or if it's not going well? A lot of our people we've talked to, they'll say, well, we have all these dashboards, but nobody's using them. Okay, well, that's not a technical problem. That's a adaptive problem. So we got to figure out how to get people to start using those things. Why are they not working and, and what you know needs to happen next? You know, I'm a lifelong newspaper man, uh, 40 years now, which is kind of want to talk about. But, you know, back in the old days at the Wichita Eagle, we used to write stories, put them in a newspaper. And this was before a website. So we weren't able to track who's reading what. But once we had a website, we were able to use analytics. All we do now, everything we do now is based on what the analytics and the dashboards are telling us from how we phrase headlines. That's why you'll see some really funny head, funny looking headlines that aren't traditional newspaper headlines. And I guess what I'm long, long story short, what I'm trying to get to is uh, have have other sectors of business uh, moved faster than that over the years to to embrace the data, or is it a company by company thing? I think I think it's a company by company thing. There are some industries that have moved faster. I think the banking industry, from what we've seen, and the um, data professionals that come to our organization. They've got more advanced things going on. And I think a lot of that is because of the tools available to look for fraud and do fraud detection, then led them to do more work in that area. But we're seeing, we've seen, especially since the pandemic, a large increase in requests in manufacturing where they've been producing data for a long time. Every machine is putting off data. Every one of the automations and PLCs is putting out all this data, but it's just kind of been going into sort of the Netherlands and people don't necessarily know how to use it or it's there for the decision right now that says, okay, this line, this machine is getting hot. We need to do something as opposed to rolling up to the corporate level so that they can understand the financial impact of what's happening in the production lines. And so we're seeing more and more companies come around in the four point industry 4.0 and saying, we need to actually do something with this data. And uh, we need to be able to use it now, but we also want to look back and see what trends we have. And we want to see if we can prescribe what will happen next, which is sort of what newspapers are doing with these headlines, right? They're looking at their analytics and then they're trying to predict what would create a click or somebody to read the article. And so they're using that data to do that. And some, so some areas are doing more of that. Some people are just happy to be able to see trends and exceptions in their reporting right now, and they'll continue to grow. But I think a lot of times we ask people, do you use data in their business? And they'll say, oh, yeah, we use data. And then you start asking about how they're using it. And maybe they have a favorite spreadsheet and they are using data. And we like to highlight like where you are at is great. But if you've never seen what data can do for you, then it's hard to picture what that could look like. And so we try and help uh, draw that picture for people to see. And then, no, you're not going to get there tomorrow. You're going to have to start, you know, with some processes that, that help you get there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the pandemic. Uh, generally, are are you are you seeing that the pandemic caused business owners and business leaders to uh, feel more urgent about using data? I think in some industries that's the case. So there's all kinds of ways that people are creatively using data in in their industries. We have other companies that are looking for you know, what's happened with their customer sales over time, what's changing, and can they make predictions about what new products might do better when they have kind of several to pick from, but maybe the market has changed now. So they're looking to say, like, in this market change and with the supply demand changes, are there some things I can use in my data to help me get better? And then the other thing we see is as businesses grow, they maybe start with a spreadsheet. That works really well when when you start and you're small, but then you start growing and you have more people looking at it, and it's a lot harder to create that standards that you want your team to be using. And it's a lot harder to get through all that data. So you sort of outgrow those processes. So we're seeing a lot of that. And I don't know if that's just because post-pandemic, people are more aware of it. Maybe they had time to think about it and they were home, or they just started to see and understand it more. Because a lot of new tools have come out since 2019 that make using data in your business a lot easier than it was before. I'm, I'm interested in the, the the education side of this and Newman, Newman University's role in it. Um, are, are you seeing that a lot, uh, there are many more students wanting to get into this type of area? Obviously it's increased over the years, but talk about the number of people you see that really want to get into this. Yeah, I would say, we probably get once a week some a call or an email from someone in the community who thinks they want to go into data and they're looking for how to get there. And, and we're not a training company. We're a consulting company, but they've heard of us and they just will call and we uh, will try and direct them and help them think about if you want to be in data, here's the kinds of things you do. So our partnership with Newman really started because we hired one of their, well, they came to, uh, David Cochran came to town to start a data visualization program inside their business school. He's now the dean of their business and technology school. And we've been working with him all this time to think about when you hear what kinds of data personnel we need, you always hear about a data scientist. You need a data scientist because those are the people who do all of the fancy AI and the machine learning. And they're great. I, I did that work. I've been doing that work since the late eight, late 90s or early 90s when I was in college. I did that kind of work. It's great. But you have to have more people than a data science in that world. You need um, you need data engineers who know how to move the data around and get it prepped for the machine learning people. And you need data analysts who know how to analyze the results of some of those things. And so you've, you've got all this other group of people that you need to support a data scientist. And a lot of businesses have been hiring data scientists. And then the data scientist says, where's your data and how is it prepared? And it's not. And so they're, they've hired this very expensive single person who's really probably great at what they do, and they have no support for them. So we started talking to Newman right after David came about, like, this is the infrastructure of people that we need in this community in order to support the data scientist work and the, all the other work that can happen. Because it's not all about machine learning and AI. There's a lot of analysis you can do. And so he started building this program so that he has a program that goes all the way from the data warehousing and engineering up to machine learning. 
in his in his programs. And I think it's been really smart. And of course, we work with WSU and WSU Tech and talk to them about all these things. But I think Newman has just been really responsive with us. And they started this data professionals group that we sort of came in and helped them market and um, grow. So we get a, so we've hired several people from their program. We've helped other students in their program find jobs with employers we know are looking for data people. And I really maybe the smartest thing I did, and I decided to do this while I was in Sevenfold's program, was hire Chris Wyatt, who used to be the Dean of Applied Technologies at WSU Tech, and brought him on. So he has that education background, and he knows how to help our uh, help people thinking about getting in the data community into that kind of a role, how to help advise them on what schools might work or what training they want to do or what area. It's not, data is not, you know, I'm going to do data. Well, what? do you want to do with data? There's a lot of different um, different careers that you can have. So he's really great about helping people think through that. At, at the end of the cohort for the program, uh, will success be defined by where the senior leader was to start? Or how do you, how, how do you define success, I guess? Yeah, that's a great question. So we've built a framework about data maturity and what, we, what we'll do is before we start the cohort, we'll have a survey to understand where they think they are. And then at the first session, we'll kind of do a state of the union about where are you in your organization and what areas do you feel strongest in and what areas would you like to grow in the most? And so then the following five sessions, we will, uh, we'll, we have we, we already have kind of our syllabus, our thought about what we're going to talk about, but we'll tweak and move that to meet the group. And I think that, you know, when I think back on my own journey through Sevenfold, because I didn't necessarily come in knowing what I wanted, but I knew I needed to, to think about my business as I was moving into chamber chair. I need to think about what structures I need to put in place while I was doing that work. And it helped, it helped me. What helped me was having these other people that I could still talk to. And so uh, we went through that. It was a year process. And at the end of the year, the relationships we built were so strong. I mean, we still text each other. When we see each other in the community, we'll take a picture and text everyone about it. And we still talk and we still, if something's going on in our business, we still have relationships we can go leverage to discuss how, how we should do. And I think that's really the most powerful thing that comes out of these organizations. And then at the end of this, at the end of the six months, We'll give them the opportunity to take a survey and see where they are now, and we'll see where they've where they've grown, of course. But I think the most important thing you're going to get out of this is the relationships with other people doing this work that when you're struggling to think about it, you've got a relationship you can go talk to somebody. We look we look forward to seeing how that first cohort goes. Let me transition over. You mentioned the Wichita Chamber yeah. uh, board chair role this year. When we talked to to you at the beginning or at the end of twenty two as you were, taking over as board chair, you were excited because you're a small business owner who the nature of your business is to work with a lot of large businesses uh, and the chamber's a mix of everything. Um, talk about your first six, seven, eight months in the role and then what, what you think you've been able to accomplish and what's gone well. Great question. I am having a blast. This is maybe the most fun I've had in community work I've done in my career. And I am so thankful for the opportunity to, to lead at the chamber this year. I wasn't, you know, as a small business, I was worried about how much time it might take. 
But one of the, so we have a chairs council, which is past chair, current chair, chair elect, and then the first vice chair. And so we have all four of us meet, we meet every month, we talk about what's happening and we share the load together. And we, we did that, uh, Janetta Everett actually put that in place and started that process for us so that we could begin to work together and use our relationships to, um, to make the load less. And the second thing is we hired John Rolfe, who is an incredible leader in our community. And we said, okay, John's a leader. We don't need to be doing the day-to-day of the chamber. That's John's role. And so one of the things I've been working on this year is just how do I support John in the things that he is trying to do in the chamber? Because he's going to be here after I'm gone. Long, you know, After I'm not the chair anymore, and then in another year, I'm off the board because uh, that's that's the way it works. John is still the leader and the people that come behind me are going to be leading with him. So how can I set them up for success? So we've had a fantastic year. We are working on our strategic plan this year. One of the things that we've been discussing in our strategic plan is, is there a place or is there more we can do in our relationship with the military? So one thing we did this year or a couple of things we've done around that um, idea John and I both were invited on different trips with the military through McConnell when Colonel Nate Vogel was here, which was really great. Give us a chance to see more about what they're doing and meet some of the airmen that live here in our community and begin to understand the impact and the number of people and where they go to school and where they work. And then in October or in July, July, we went to Colorado Springs because they have a large military base and they've grown by about a hundred thousand people. So they are now bigger than we are, but, and a lot of that is because of the military and the industry and the DOD industry that they have there. But we, so we, we know we're not that we're not trying to be that, but what, what could we do that might be helpful in that air arena? And so but in that trip, we were able to partner with McConnell air force base and our new Colonel, Colonel Damon out at the, 22nd and do a civic leadership tour and take our members going on city to city. Half of them flew out on a Pegasus and half flew back. And it was a great chance for them to see what military life is like and then get to talk to the military about what kinds of concerns they have in our community. And so we can figure out how to be really great partners. So from that, the board voted to do a short-term task force and we'll be looking at uh, we'll be bringing in our commanders and retired people and uh, veterans, and then we'll have our business leaders. And we'll sit down and we'll think about of the things the chamber does, what could we potentially do over the next year, two years, three years to strengthen that relationship? Because, you know, we have three wings out there. We have a Kansas Guard, and those are Kansans. They signed up to be in Kansas, embedded here. And so, and a lot of them are part-time, so they need the work in our community. So, uh, and that's where we've come from the cybersecurity. So that's been, a, you know, some of the fun we've had. The chairs lunch was great. We had a great panel of people who talked about uh, the work that they're doing in the community and the faithful investments they're making in people. And uh, we've got a lot of great things to come. People say, oh, you're almost done. I'm like, I know I'm almost done. I only have this much time to go. But we have a lot. We, we're getting ready to announce our annual meeting. It's going to be fantastic speaker and we've got a lot of things left to do this year you could drop that speaker name right now if you'd like i 
think I better not. <laughs> I'm going to let the chamber do what the chamber does. <laughs> Can't blame me for trying. Well, Joy, congratulations, not only on the, the board chair for this year and, and, and having a blast doing that, but also on leading the data journey. I, we're really excited to see how this goes and uh, what some of these leaders in the first cohort get out of it. Uh, and and everyone, if you want to find out more about it, cornerstonedata.com is a place to look and you can get more information on it. Joy, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kirk. It's great to talk to you. That's it for Biz Talk this week, episode 326. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.